Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of your host, typically coming to you from the Judea Mountains in Israel. I like to refer to that as the original Bible, though. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians, and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, any time. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co and follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end, where we're also going to share some exciting opportunities, and please feel free to share this with others who you also know will find it of interest. So today is a unique episode, and, and it will only happen once. Uh, today, you are listening to episode 100 of Inspiration from Zion. We're just a hair shy of two years since I have had the privilege of being the only Orthodox Jew as a with a weekly podcast about Israel on the Charisma Podcast Network. And it's been amazing. Uh, if you've been following Inspiration from Zion, you know uh, the breadth of the conversations. Really, anything goes. And we've been having such a, um, a lot of fun. And I have to say, what's inspiring to me is the great feedback, the number of people listening and following. And it's really, truly very much organic. We don't do a lot to promote this, not enough, uh, which is a shame. And I probably need to do that now as we're entering our third year. But having said that, Today, I wanted to have a special conversation, and I polled many of our listeners and friends and advisors and board members of the Genesis 123 Foundation. So what do we need to do? What should we do that's special for, for the 100th episode? And some people, of course, said, we'll get the prime minister to speak, get the president of Israel, get, uh, get, get various major leaders. And when I, when I received a bunch of these in, uh, the, the, the input from people, I really realized what we needed to do is have a conversation among friends about why these conversations are important to begin with. And so what we've assembled here today are three, what I've assembled, three trusted friends, dear people, each one in his or her own right, somebody who I um, have great respect, love, and affection for, who have been generous of their time, of their finances with the Genesis 123 Foundation, um, and are and are theologically uh, stand on their own feet with with unique insights and one of the, some of the things we're going to get into specifically about building bridges between Jewish Christians and bona fide Christian Zionist leaders. So let me introduce them and then get into this kind of conversation, which we've left very, very wide open. And I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Um, in alphabetical order, we have Re Reverend Linda Chandler. Uh, uh, Linda is a uh, executive board member of the Genesis 123 Foundation. I will never forget the first conversation that we had when I was standing by my lemon tree outside my house in Israel about the whole idea of Genesis 123 and some of our initial programs. Linda is an ordained pastor at Austin Brethren Church, has a BS in education from the University of Texas, and a master's in education from the University of Houston, a master's of divinity from Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary, and, a, and is a graduate of Yad Vashem's Christian Leadership Seminar at the International School for Holocaust Studies. She's recently pastored 
a local congregation as a house of prayer with an emphasis on healing, love, and deep biblical discipleship. She's a founder and executive officer of Host Ministries, which serves as a catalyst and tool for uniting people of all backgrounds. She's involved in her local community, was awarded Cedar Park's Citizen of the Year, and she's passionate about the land and people of Israel um, and, and the Middle East in general. She's traveled and extensively studied uh, physically, being in person in Israel, but also academically about Israel and the Middle East, and brings a lot of real unique perspective uh, to, to what she does, and specifically this conversation. Um, she has a head for visionary leadership and a heart that beats passionately for the purposes of God's uh, God's uh, ful fulfillment um, through his revelation and the revelation of God's word and the transformation of God's people and the communities in which they reside. She published her first book, Gates of Redemption, in 2014. And anyone who wants to reach Linda can reach her through speak for speaking engagements, general wonderful conversations, teaching through hostministries.org. Bob O'Dell is an entrepreneur and writer, a pro-Israel Christian leader with experience in many streams of the Christian faith. He began working with Israeli Jews in 1988 in more of a professional capacity. And then in 2000, he founded um, his own high-tech company, Wintegra, with one of those Israeli Jews with whom he had been working. In 2013, Bob left high-tech returning his attention toward the Orthodox Jews of Israel, where he had connected uh, over a decade earlier. There, in 2014, he co-founded RootSource with a good friend, Gidon Ariel. RootSource helps Christians explore the Jewish roots of their faith in relationship with the Orthodox Jews of Israel. In 2016, Bob and Gidon co-authored a book on the Jubilee, and in 2019, along with others, helped found a new annual event for Christians, which I hope we'll speak about today, the nation's ninth of Av. After five years of almost daily contact with Orthodox Jews, Bob began writing and completed a spectacular book um, about his experiences. Bob and Guido published a book called Five Years with Orthodox Jews, helping Christians to understand and learn how connecting with God's people unlocks understanding of God's word. And Dr. David Pitcher is a retired orthopedic oncological surgeon who lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico with his wife, Pam. They're married nearly 44 years. They have two children and four grandchildren. At the end of Dave's surgical career, he discovered a midrash, which we're going to discuss, Jewish teaching, in seven of Paul's letters, perfectly preserved in the New Testament, and is currently working with a Jewish educational organization uh, researching that discovery. And I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same root source that we also discussed. Currently, Dave is studying for a master's in biblical languages at Liberty University. And shortly from now, we'll have another doctorate after his name as well as he completes his PhD um, in the same. So I'm, I'm so excited to have the three of you join for a really unique conversation, but first with my appreciation. Um, that I could have many people in this conversation today. I know you're all going to compliment one another, but just to say what a personal blessing you each are to me and collectively, and how I've been I've been so grateful and blessed as as the Genesis One Two Three Foundation has taken off, hit hit a little bit of bumps with the pandemic, and is now back full force. And I'm so excited to celebrate this 
our 100th episode with the three of you. Welcome to Inspiration from Zion. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank you. I, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I want to jump in. And I think the theme of what we're talking about is really we want to get I want to get into some theological depth. But I think the theme that we're really all kind of brings us together is how each of you in your own way. And Bob, you wrote about it. And maybe we'll start with you. Um, how your faith has changed interacting with Jews and Israelis in this overall bridge building between Jews and Christians. And I use that term real loosely. Bob, do you want to start? You wrote the book. And that's probably the only book like that. Do you want to just jump in? Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for the uh, for the nice introduction. But you know, I feel almost uh, inadequate to to really. Uh, I mean, I can talk about myself, but this connection between Christians and Jews, the way it ought to be. Uh, and what we're discovering as we interact together and so forth, there's so much potential there. And, um, but, but, I, you know, I, I, I've changed really in a very simple way. I, I've enlarged. Uh, my, my view of God is larger. My, mm. my view, of course, of Israel and, and the Jewish people is larger. But my, even my own view of my, my Christian faith and my understanding of what God's uh, plans and purposes are are larger and and uh that really comes from uh taking a decision to to uh, humble myself a little bit come to Israel not to uh try to convince anybody about who the messiah is but instead uh, become a learner and see what can i learn and um uh and, and how much fun can i have in the process so thanks has it been all fun? Have there been challenges? <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes things that are are difficult. Uh, I mean, things that are challenging are fun because okay. when you can see uh, progress made. When I think about uh, uh, meeting Gidon Ariel on the 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 walls of Jerusalem in in 2014, um, and he said at the time. You know, how, how many of you Christians here on this wall might want to interact with me and, 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 you know, and learn the Bible from a Jewish perspective? Mm -hmm. And there was this kind of rush of like, ooh, I, you know, uh, uh, from the 20 or so Christians that are there. And Gidon said, you know, I could count on one hand the number of people that are doing this from a Jewish perspective, reaching out to Christians. And, 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 and so that's expanded so much, you know, uh, uh, so significantly. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole root source uh, thing that we did, it, it took a while. It's, uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't easy, but, um, right. but, but it was fun. It is fun. Uh, Linda, you and I, I don't even know how many years. I remember who introduced us. It was kind of a passive divine appointment by email, and we became good friends really shortly thereafter. I remember your your first visit to Israel after that with me and we hung out together and had dinner yeah, before I, going. I think, yeah, it was when, when uh, after I attended Yad Vashem so that we could right. meet personally. And I, I think for me, um, you know, Yad Vashem, the leadership seminar I took there was very life-changing to me. Uh, I had already had some supernatural uh, 
I'd been in Israel three times before that, and I had some real supernatural things. And I kept asking the Lord, what is it? What, you know, what are you trying to show me? And um, then I did the Yad Vashem thing in the all about the Holocaust. And I just remember being there and saying, then Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do, but you got to show me. Yeah. And so I was, it was kind of the last um, couple of days, the last day I was there and we had talked by phone. Um, I had done some sermon on, I, I guess it was Israel's, Probably her seventieth birthday, maybe. But I think we've known each other. No, longer, longer than that. Way longer. So I'm not sure, but it was something because I remember we were doing something on May 14th, and you wrote me like an email, and I said, you know, we were gonna. uh, I've told people about you, and at that time you were with uh, Magin David Adam, uh, the blood bank, and and so we made a collection. So when I got to Israel and told you I was going to be there for the Yad Vashem, you offered to uh, take, to meet me personally. And you said, let me just take you to a couple of places you've probably never seen kind of off the grid. And then you said, why don't I just take you to the airport? And I was like, wow, okay. And we began to form our, you know, relationship. (laughs) Now I think we're like kind of brother and sister. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how it is. You tell me how it is. And, but it, that was something I was really longing for to understand more about um, the Jewish, um, well, Bob would say root, but for me, it was the foundation of the Christian faith. And right. I, I in, but to understand that you need to know people and to know their hearts. And I got to see your heart um, and the heart that you had uh, for connecting and connecting with Christians. So thank you for that. I want to come back to a, a broader question in terms of your own faith. But before that, you're unique in this context. Um, and we haven't heard from Dave yet, though, with the introduction and Bob working with a lot of um, uh, a lot of scriptural things and, and learning from Orthodox Jews and Torah study together. Your connection has not been exactly that. When you came to Israel that time, it was through Yad Vashem. It was in the prism uh, through the prism of the Holocaust, an historical mm-hmm something that was horrible and that connected you deeply. And then it's morphed to that, to, to, to something deeper. How has that changed you and your faith in the last, I don't know, decade or, or more? Oh, it changed my faith. And it, it made me understand the 2000 years of, of persecution. It made me read deeper things about why all that happened and, um, I then started connecting. And I mean, you're the one that made Bob and I meet, uh, right. which I, I've always said, you know, hey, it took an Orthodox Jew to get two Christians to get together that live. We live in the same town, but, you know, Austin is kind of a big place. And uh, uh, but how did it change me? It changed me so deeply on the inside in that, you know, for a while, I went around every time I met a Jewish person, I'd say, you know, I need to ask your forgiveness. And I remember I followed a man one time in, yeah. in uh, Yad Vashem and I tapped him and I said, you know, sir, I'm, I I know you're Jewish. And um, I, we talked first and I said, I just want to I just want to repent to you for what Christians have done. And he was like, oh, OK, uh, sure, honey, that's fine. And, you know, he was kind of like, oh, my gosh. But I, I just I have this deep longing um, to make it right. Is that the word you would use? You know, um, because of my faith, 
in uh, Yeshua, who is a Jew. I don't want to disappoint him. So, you know, I I just, it's a deep longing uh, to know, um, just to know. Uh, I think, and you know, I really go by the Shema that is just that we're a God. You know, I well, believe the, in the God the, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So define um, that for, for someone who's listening who doesn't know what the Shema is and the Chad is from um, your perspective. Well, Shema Israel, you know, listen, Israel, the Lord God is one, the Lord is one. Yeah. And we believe, we do not, because I've had a Jewish person ask you that, said, Well, you believe in three gods? And I said, No, we believe uh, in one God, right? And the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you know, we're not going to get in a big discussion about this, but but Yeshua is the son that was sent out and salvation belongs to the Jews. So it had to come from a Jew. And he came and he found all the rest of us Gentiles. Thank God. OK, we're grafted in. Yes. OK. Now, as we're speaking, one of the things that I love recording these visually is I can see the interaction and Dave, I'm seeing a lot of verbal, uh, physical affirmation, nodding your head to a number of things. There was one particular thing that I wanted to ask you about, but I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger because I want to take a very quick break and then come right back. For most of us, the COVID pandemic is behind us, but there are still opportunities that you may not know about that can help you, your church, other nonprofit, or business. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, ERTC, is important for all employers to explore and potentially receive a significant financial credit for having retained employees during the COVID shutdowns and business disruptions. If you have not already applied to receive the ERTC, part of the U.S. CARES Act, for your church, nonprofit, or business, please reach out to my friend, Liz Browser, who can help you. Liz is from Sheridan Wealth Advisors, a boutique tax advisory firm based in Miami. She provides honest and customized concierge service with a strong specialty in nonprofit and faith-based organizations. On top of being a great professional, Liz is really one of the good guys. She embraces the importance of building bridges between Jews and Christians. It's personal, so much so that she and Sheridan Wealth Advisors will donate a portion of their income to support the Genesis 123 Foundation in building bridges between Jews and Christians. It's what I call a win-win-win-win. Reach out to Liz directly in the U.S. at 954-258-6097, 954-258-6097, or email at liz at sheridanadvisors.com. Okay, Dave. So when Linda was speaking, um, I, I saw you nodding a lot. And the first time, I wanted I want to ask you the same generic question uh, to hear from your perspective in terms of how your faith as a Christian has changed. But before even getting in there, when Linda said something about two thousand years of persecution, there was uh, what what a friend of mine says um, uh, violent agreement. You were nodding actively. Why did that trigger a nod like that? Why? What was important in what she said? Well, I can't even imagine going through uh, life with uh, such a such a heavy heavy burden. Um, that uh, can I really trust a Christian again? And wow. I was like, uh, well, I've been 
very trusting of everybody in my life. And I, I'm so sorry that uh, we as Christians have done that through the years mm-hmm. and uh, reading Bob's book, 800 different accounts. Um, mm-hmm. And now, now it's, now it's still going on with this BDS and everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Um I'm so sorry that the world is is treating uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters like that. Um, it's like my own my own kin is what we would say in Oklahoma. My kin are are being hurt. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, so okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for the explanation. So let's 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 uh, segue that into. How did how has all of this path changed you in your own faith? Yeah, that's a that's a profound historical and theological awareness that most Christians are not aware of the history of the church vis-a-vis the Jews. How has that and your interaction and your deep study into Paul look through through a Jewish prism? How has that changed you in your faith? It it really makes me feel uh, totally inadequate um you know the biblical languages are a gift from god and uh, so many of us just take it for granted and read it in the english um and i'm telling you that uh, there are so many uh, exegetical insights when you get into the hebrew and i haven't even scratched the surface yet and when you get into the the greek it's it's quite um humbling really to say uh say uh um uh, god you know i'm 66 years old um i'm going back to school to um to learn more um to help research this finding of uh the jewishness of paul's letters and it's like it's a character builder really to say um God, so, so so this is how I explain it. Have you ever thought about going through the Red Sea and, you, you know, you're walking through with your family and you're looking at that wall and maybe you're just a little kid, right? And so you've all heard of the pump fake, right? So, so you as a little kid do a pump fake and all the adults are looking off to the right, and all of a sudden, you throw a rock into the wall of water on the left, just to see what it's like. <laughs> but, and, and you know, you grab a friend, and he's throwing the rocks too, and really, <laughs> nobody is seeing you because you've done that pump fake, right? But how many times have we really enjoyed uh, going through uh, the waters of salvation or how, how, how much do we really rejoice in that deliverance, uh, from, uh, from our bondage? And it's like, uh, God is really teaching me to, um, experience this joy in what I'm mm. doing, even though it's like I'm 66 years old. Um, but I, I think, if we start doing that, then we have other people starting running their hands through those waters, and maybe someone will stick their head through it, 
and say, hey, listen, this is great. And all of a sudden we have a huge amount of people rejoicing in what they're going through. And that's kind of what I'm going through right now with, uh, um, yeah. Bob, did you, did you feel rejoice, rejoicing when you were writing the book? I mean, you've got a few, you've a couple of books. We only mentioned one, Five Years with Orthodox Jews. But uh, was there a I, sense of rejoicement? You know, I, I felt like a, a kid in a candy store, especially wow. j- just because I was learning so many things so fast in those five years. Uh, you know, it's just like I had walked out of uh, one room and, and, and walked into the great outdoors. There was just so much there. Five, uh, three three, four, how many thousand years of Jewish history uh, uh, that uh, of, of people who've been studying the Hebrew Bible, you know, and 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 looking at it and insights and then stories being passed down, you know, from the uh, from the forefathers. It's really yeah. it's it's been a blast. I in listening to Linda and, uh, you know, Linda mentioned relationship uh uh, and and a bit of the history. David uh, mentioned uh, relationship. Really, his pump fake, you know, and then throw throw the rock in the other direction and get some other people with you. But he also mentioned the history. And and I I think there's there's I I think they're they're both right by by mentioning these two things because it, it occurs to me, and this is not in the book, but it, it occurs to me that there's two ways. To, for a Christian to break out of the Christian stereotype, which, uh, stereotype, which is we go to Israel uh, to, to, to see who we can convince uh, uh, is the Messiah. To break out of that stereotype, there's two ways. One, we, we learn something of the history of the interaction between our Christian forefathers and the Jewish people, and that changes us. That, that's what Linda said, that's what David said, and that's what happened to me. The the, the other way, and it's just as important, is we need to find a friend. Mm. We need to find somebody uh, across the, the aisle, someone uh, uh, in the Jewish world that has, has touched us. You know, um, uh, Linda said that, that you, Jonathan, uh, introduced uh, 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 Linda and myself, and that's correct. 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 And Gadon Ariel that I mentioned earlier, he was the one that introduced David and me oh. together. So, so, and, and oh, we both wow. have found so friends, cool. right? And it's, and, you know, a friendship can change the world. R- really. I, I, I think, I, I think that's biblical even. So, um, uh, you know, so the, the power of a friendship, the power of a relationship, the power of meeting to each other as equals, as, uh, wanting to learn from each other and to, to experience life and see, see things through each other's eyes. That is so awesome it's absolutely awesome and uh, yep. that's really what inspired the book uh five years with orthodox jews is so, it inspire people to connect like i was able to do so i hope i'm really glad that you said it that way and i could in a sense end the conversation here because of what you just said and because of my aspiration for the past hundred weeks to which is astounding to me to be that friend, to have a virtual way of connecting people, but also being bringing Jews and Christians together as guests who have never met and have conversations like we did last week 
with uh, with Bob, uh, excuse me, with David Barton and with uh, Rabbi Moshe Tarragon. They never met each other. It was a fabulous interaction. But I want to ask the three of you a question to take off on something that Bob said. Bob, your your statement that there are two ways to break the stereotype of of Christians interacting or not interacting with Christians presumes that there needs to be a break of the stereotype. So my question to the three of you is, why is that? Speaking to Christians, who would like to jump in? Well, we're not on the same bridge. And we kind of, um, we're on our bridge, you're on your bridge. And it's hard to to say, okay, I'm going to get off of my bridge and, and come onto your bridge, Jonathan. Or maybe it's hard for you to say, oh, you're going to get off of your bridge and get on to my bridge. Uh, but really, we need a new bridge. We need a bridge where we're 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 both together and um, um, really making headway together. Okay. I, I I could not agree more than with what J- David just said. I mean, because I think about the bridges and you and I, uh, Jonathan, have talked about um, sometimes the bridge seems just one way, you Correct. know, and 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 um, I wrote a question today when I was thinking about all of this. I two questions. Why are Jews seeking out Christians? Why do you seek us out? Why did you? Um you know, want to meet me and blah, 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 or whatever. Uh, and then, but why are Christians seeking out Jews? Now, the why the Christians are seeking out Jews, I could go back 2,000 years and understand, you know, it was all, and we're not going to, that, that's irrelevant to me today. But what I'm saying is, why are we continuing? Because it seems like the bridge will go one way, but it's just like what David said. It's, we're not going together in a way, or we have different ideas, um, and that's not to be negative, but you said good, bad, and ugly in your little yes, I thing. Did. I'm glad. And so, you know, that is a question I keep saying. I think our focus has to be on building the bridge. Um, and I love what Bob, Bob, I've written your little, I'm going to be quoting you somewhere about a friendship can change the world. Because I do believe that's true just for the four of us to be together on this tonight with Jonathan. And, but the way that the Jews connected us as Christians is pretty cool. But again, how do we, I've been changed personally. You have, you know, maybe it's just a little bit at a time, but what is God doing? That's my question with all of this. It's beautiful. But do you have an answer or are you just asking rhetorical questions? <laughs> um. Well, okay. I, but I don't want to hog the time here. Oh, but I do we'll want to let, say we'll let everyone comment it, on on what you're on what you say. Huh? We'll let everyone comment on what you're. Okay. No, Gary and I were talking, and I, we were talking about all this. I said I got to have some. I got to. I got to talk about this. You know, he okay. he's used to that. So, but anyway, I he said, and this comes from what something David said. He said, Linda. I do not understand when you tell me this about 2000 years and, you know, I went to the repentance conference we did, blah, 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 all this, but I don't understand why do people not want the Jews around? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why do they not? And I sat there for a minute, you know, and I I could go in all kinds of directions. And then all of a sudden it just came to me and I just looked it up in the Bible. Um, It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual There is a passage in Jeremiah that says, 
This is what Adonai says. If the sky above can be measured and the foundation of the earth be fathomed, then I will reject all the offspring of Israel for all that they've done, says Adonai. If they were destroyed or exterminated, it's a spiritual battle, then God's word would be untrue. There would be a lie. And we know that God cannot lie. Wow. And so I'm telling you, it's huge. And so you bet the bridge has got to, we got to work this bridge. I'm all for keeping us working the bridge uh, and the friendships. And I'm passionate about that. Even tonight when I found that, because to me, if, if we, if y'all were all gone, then God's word is untrue. And so I might as well take it and just put it in the trash, but I believe it to be every bit of it, every word in it to be true. Okay. So, Bob, I want you to respond to that. I saw you also uh, nodding in agreement. But before you do, there's something <laughs> even in Linda's statement that's almost silly because we we accept God's word is true. So it's an impossibility that we're not going to be here. So then why does it then why do we need to build bridges if, if we can just be on autopilot? No. Mm. You know, um. I was thinking about this in some respect uh, earlier. I, th- you know, the New Testament is written with a certain understanding of the world at that time. the The New Testament is written with an appreciation for the Jewish people already. It's it's it was understood. It was assumed that the Jewish people uh, had the oracles of God. That that the the that this emerging Christian faith was coming right out of the Jewish root. Um, the in the New Testament, it was it was said, "Well, you already go uh, can go to synagogue on on Saturday and hear Moses, you know, and and, and to bolster you know to bolster your faith." That's in Acts fifteen, I think. So, um, but but so so they didn't have the history problem then, and um. Uh, uh, but, but, but they still needed the relationship. And, and I think one of the best biblical examples for Christians to understand is the example of Cornelius, you know, the first Gentile Christian, so to speak. Mm. What was his background? Well, he was from Rome. He was a centurion, but he went to Israel and he lived there and he began to build relationships with the Orthodox Jews of Israel. And out of those, he had friendships. He had, he was a, a learner. Uh, he was respected by the Jews. And that's the guy that God chose, you know, to, 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 you know, have these series of events happen where he would meet, you know, Peter and, and, you know, and, and hear about Jesus. So, so, so there was, there was a, you know, the, fir- the first Christian had friendships and relationships. The Gentile Christian uh, uh, mm-hmm. had friendships and relationships with Orthodox Jews, and I think that's a sign. This is a message for uh, the Christian world. We need, if we, you know, we like to go back to the roots and see what the church was like in the first century. You know, we, we talk about that, but also, how about going back to the first, uh, uh, you know, the first Christian, the first Gentile Christian, and seeing the basis that he had? It was those friendships. They didn't need to learn the history. They didn't need. They, there wasn't two thousand years of horrible history yet. They wow. they just needed the relationships. So wow. I think we 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 had we now we have to learn history. 
because we lost relationships. Because we decided, uh, as the Christian world decided, you know what, we can go in our own way. We have the, the, the verses. We, we, have, we, we have the Hebrew Bible. We have the Greek New Testament. We have what we need. We'll go our own way. And, 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 and we lost the relationships, and that's when we started hurting people. Okay, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna pick up on my, the the the, the nature of my question before, but uh, I want I want to dig a little bit deeper and then have Dave respond, but just take another quick break. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis One Two Three Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Okay, so Bob, you just said something very deep, and as an Orthodox Jew, okay, Cornelius to me means Planet of the Apes. Um, so, so thank you for thank you for teaching me. No, really, it's great. Um, that's how we build bridges. But, but what I'm wondering is, in spite of that, in spite of friendships, in spite of a great biblical model that you just presented of friendships that was that was. Um, that didn't need correction, right? It was a, it was the proper model. Now we have history to un, unravel and 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 learn and repent for and fix. Why do again? Why can't we just be on autopilot? If God's word is true, as Linda read uh, a few minutes ago, why uh, Jewish people are going to be around? Why do you need? Why do you? Why do Christians need to care? It. it you know that we we Christians have a saying. There's a there's a hole in every uh, person's heart that can only be filled by God. You know, there's a vacuum in every person's heart that can only be filled by God. Um, I would say that there's a hole in every Christian's heart that can only be filled by Israel. And I, David, was nodding before I finished. He knew where I was headed. I I, I think that the reason we can't be on autopilot is something within us. And I think Linda and I would say. The spirit of God within us, the Holy Spirit, is guiding us. It's like a beacon. It's like aligning. It's like it wants to, you know, have the magnetic pull, wants to always go in that direction. There's something in our hearts that wants to turn towards Israel. But there's we don't know why. But we, but, but I mean, we can read. We have to read and understand. But even without that, people have this sort of compass inside of them that says there's something going on with this thing, this this place, uh, Israel. There's something with the Jewish people. There's more there than I can understand. There's something mysterious, and 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 and, and so that is the that's the reason why we can't be on auto, autopilot because uh, as soon as we let go, the the compass tries to turn us towards uh, uh, towards Israel and Jerusalem. 
back. Okay, amazing. Dave, you want what what there's a lot of stuff. I asked a lot of questions of Linda and of Bob leading up to you, but you're engaged. What 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 do you think? Why do we can't we be well, I think pilot? that the, this I think this idea of um a friendship is is amazing. Like would you do anything for a friend? Well, I I I probably would um run out into a busy street and save them. Um, I would do all kinds of things, but then would the friend do the same thing for me? And I'm like thinking, um, I have a friend, Gidon Ariel, who um, has gone out on a limb as he's an Orthodox Jew. And he is um, essentially um, bankrolling the, uh, the research of the Jewishness of Paul's letters. And he's right at the edge of where an Orthodox Jew could be. And I am uh, decided I would go uh, get another doctorate, uh, go to seminary. I'm 66. And it's like, I didn't need to do that. But I'm. I, it was suggested by Gidon that I get a better base for this, this project. And it's almost like running out into a, a busy street for my friend uh, to do something that uh, really is something that I wouldn't necessarily have done. And I think it's this idea of um, this friendship is really deep. This I would go even further. Uh, there's a hole in a person's heart for a friend um, from the Jewish community. And I've really found love it, Dave. that. I love that. Whole, yeah. I, I've really found a, a plug for, for uh, that hole in Jonathan, you and, uh, and then Gidon and some other Jewish friends. So it's, it's really fulfilling to uh, have this, cross-cultural um, type of yeah. friendship. But what's interesting, and I appreciate all of you, and that's why you're my friends and I'm having you here, we can have this very open and intimate conversation, is that when we've now, I, I didn't know where the direction of this conversation was going to go. It's fascinating. And we keep coming back to friends and you're here in this conversation because you're my friends and we're talking about the significance of that and and running in the street would you run out into a street to save a friend and so we're talking about personal friendships but let's expand on that in terms of the friends it, it it's it, it's hard to be actual friends with somebody who with people you don't know that's much more esoteric um you just spoke about a hole in your heart and you've and I'm a plug and Guidon's a plug and and others. But what about somebody who's listening now who and I, I'm, I'll say it in sort of a arrogant way, who doesn't have the privilege of really knowing me, um, who isn't my friend yet, like the three of you are and doesn't know Orthodox Jews in Israel. How does the, how, how do we how do we define or shape that friendship? It's not, I'm going to, I'm going to posit it's not good enough through a podcast. I, I'd like to jump in and, and be first to respond to that in a certain way, because, you know, I, I met Gadone in 2014 and, 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 and God told me very clearly, 
after about three years of interacting with Gadone, he said, uh, he almost like tapping, tap me on the shoulder. You're hogging him. Uh, mm-hmm. you, 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 you're, his, you're, you're his, uh, uh, closest Christian friend at this time. And it's not right. Uh, God took me to Zechariah 823 that, you know, and, and it, it will be that 10 men will grab on to the seat seat of a, of, of a Jew. So really, I, I, I saw, I really got corrected, uh, by the Lord and said, you know, you need to step back a little bit and allow nine other men and or women to step forward. So I think that's the first answer. It's really a 10 to one ratio. And I think there's some midrashes, uh, midrashim in the Jewish world that say that the ratio could be a little bit higher than that. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, but it's at least 10 to one. And we need a lot more, uh, uh, Jonathan Feldstein's and Gadon Ariel's. Um, uh, and, and we need a lot more, uh, you know, uh, uh, Christians who are willing to, to cross that, di- that divide and, and, and do something a little bit uncomfortable and, and, and try to do what it takes. To, to be a friend because that, that it, it takes sacrifice. You know, you have to sacrifice time if, for starters. Time is the easy one. Time is the easy one. That's not always easy. Linda, do you want to add anything to that? What, why, why um, I, I, I'm following along with all that. And I, I, I truly do. But, it, and I, I think if somebody is listening, uh, whether you're a Christian or do you have Jewish listeners to this? Yeah, for sure. You do. Sure. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, see, I don't know. Um, and and the thing about it is, if you're Jewish, then open yourself up to talk to Christians. And, you know, uh, in the same way for Christians, I mean, I just had a conversation and she was calling me about her daughter wanting to go to Israel. And she said, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's safe over there. And her, her daughter is a grown woman. And then she sa- said, you know, I just uh, and the, she is such a strong Christian. And she said, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I, I you know, and I, I don't really know why she wants to go. And I said, what are you talking about? If she wants to go, then it's God's calling her over there. But I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, isn't it just, now listen to the whole thing. Cause I don't want this to sound terrible, but she said, it's just like, it's like making a visit to a graveyard. It's like all that stuff's already happened in history. You're just going to go to these places that we've are, you know, that we've heard about or know in the Bible. Why do we need to go over there? You know, I don't go and visit my husband's grave at the whatever. And I said, I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> and I said, I, seriously, I've been there seven times. And I said, God's presence is all over this place. Do you not read your Bible? And I know she does. And I knew how to get to her because we're very deep friends. And I said, are you not reading your Bible? I mean, Jerusalem is the place. And she was like, oh, I guess I never really thought of that like that. I said, give me a break here. But anyway, I was so shocked about that conversation. So that was a conversation I had with a Christian friend and said, you know, get over it. Yes, God calls us. There's something God's doing. It's a kingdom thing. Excellent. Dave, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I, I love Jerusalem. Actually, when Pam, my wife, and I go on vacation, there's no other place we would rather go than mm-hmm. Israel. And uh, from the um, Mount Hermon down to uh, Elat, it's just a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, 
yeah, it's it's great. And I've been to your house, Jonathan. I hope someday you get to come to my house. Uh, I've been to Gidon's house. He's been to my house. It's like, I, it's just an amazing, um, amazing um, place. Uh, I can't, I can't call it a place. It's just more than a place. Mm. It's uh, yeah. You know what I think the most exciting thing that a Christian can do with respect to Israel, um, you know, there's there's this expression, you know, when you go over to Israel, you get to read the Bible in 3D, you know, can you stand and look yeah. around and, you know, there it is. And and that is that is amazing. But but I think and 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 I know just from talking to different believers and what they've done and who they've met and and. And I, the most exciting thing that a Christian can do in Israel is read the Bible in 40. In yeah. other words, with time as well, uh, because the Bible is being fulfilled. And I think the yeah. most exciting thing we can do is not only open the Bible and read it and look around, but actually step into it and do something that is bringing fulfillment to God's prophecies in the Bible. That is the most exciting thing. It, it changes your life because you see that you are part of God's big story. You can see things happening. I mean, that isn't, you can't do it in Austin, Texas, you know, because the knowledge of the Lord will, will, uh, you know, cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So if you do something in Austin, Texas, where I live and, and, and you know, and, and bring God's word there, okay, you're fulfilling. But there's so many prophecies regarding Israel. There's, and they're so specific that you might even find a verse that applies specifically to what you're doing on a given trip, you know, like, like, uh, you know, planting vineyards or something. It's, it's just, it's incredible. Or just coming to my house and watching me play with my grandchildren in the park across the street. Which is as there you, is, right. There you, there you go. Excellent. Another. And I, I want to take one last break and then come back with one last question, which I'm curious to your input. And I have no idea where the end of this conversation is going to go. But let's uh, begin to wrap it up. One minute, please. If you're like most people in the world, you know about the Holocaust, but never met, much less interacted with the Holocaust survivor or heard their stories of suffering and survival. With the remaining elderly survivors, dying at an unprecedented pace, in less than a generation, there will be none alive. Yet, while they did survive, and for that we need to celebrate them, many still suffer trauma from their youth. As they age, they have increasing needs, and living on fixed incomes, sometimes with no pension, things as simple and essential as basic foods, heating in the winter, medicine, and inflation can push someone over the line from surviving to struggling again. It can create stress in their lives that reminds them of the suffering they endured as young people. It's just not acceptable that anyone who suffered as much should struggle with basic needs or any undue stress in their twilight years. I want to invite you to join the Genesis 123 Foundation to bless the survivors. Yes, we pray that you'll donate personally and do so generously. And when you do, we also give you the opportunity to send your personal blessings and words of encouragement to the survivors themselves to brighten their day and let them feel your love. Having been privileged to provide financial resources to help survivors on a day-to-day -day basis, I know it makes a difference and is very appreciated. But your personal note that we translate into Hebrew, 
Russian or Yiddish really makes them smile and warms their heart. I pray you'll join us by going to genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. That's genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. And please share this with others. We can't undo the suffering that they endured. And there's no limit to what the needs are, but we can never do too much to comfort them in their final years. Please join us. God bless you. Okay, lady and gentlemen, um, what a great conversation so far. I'm really blessed and grateful that we're having this. Um, I think there's a there's a lot we could go on to episode 101 and two, three, probably cut with several episodes worth of material here. But I want to begin to wrap up with the question. I, I it would be actually, if I had been smart, I would have counted how many years collectively just the four of us have been involved in in building bridges, right? But we're we're, we're collectively going back uh, a few decades easily, um, m- maybe older than the youngest of us here. My question is, I, and Linda, you mentioned it when I when I sent you all the email about the sort of the general parameters. I say, yeah, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We haven't talked about a lot of the ugly. This is this is your opportunity, if you wish. But and I don't have a particular question on that. But my question is, what needs to be done? We're we're in Israel's 75th year. That's significant, but it's just another year of building bridges between Jews and Christians. Let, let's let's if we're having this conversation in in not the hundredth episode, but I, I can't do the math. Bob, help me. Uh, another twenty-five years worth of episodes um, in, in, in Israel's hundredth year. What what do we need to see be done, and how do we go and do that? And one of you talked about widening the bridge. How do we do that? What what where where do we need to go the next year, five years, ten years, twenty-five years? I think there's a lot of lanes on the bridge. And uh, the lane that I'm actually in is just uh, researching the Jewishness of the New Testament and bringing Jews into uh, the conversation to help me understand the linguistics of it all, uh, bringing Christians onto the bridge to kind of take off that, that like poopooness of the, this, this is not, this is not what we do in Christianity. So that's my lane. I think there's a lot of lanes and there's a lot of ways that different people, there's probably just about as many different lanes on that bridge divided by two as there are Christians and Jews. So wow. I, I think find your niche and then get someone to to uh, to walk with you i i like that and and at the risk of a shameless plug the tagline of the genesis one two three foundation is to build bridges between jews and christians and christians with israel in ways that are new unique and meaningful so i really want to encourage anybody who's who maybe doesn't feel that he or she is on that bridge right now there are limited unlimited lanes and so to please be in touch because um we can find those lanes and we can widen the bridge. Thank you for that. Bob, Linda, what else needs to be done? I uh, I go back to the mention of Cornelius earlier. You know, Cornelius didn't go looking for this vision to happen. It just happened. Why did, but he established the foundation of 
godly relationship with the Jewish people of being willing to be a learner. Um, now, I want to take that concept and then uh, tie it to Zechariah 8.23. Thus says the Lord of hosts in those days, 10 men, really men and women, but 10 men from all nations will grasp the garment of a Jew, uh, the tzitzit of a Jew saying, let us go with you for we have heard that God is with you. So the, the 10 are gathering around the Jew and sort of walking along in relationship. Okay, what's happening here? Is it is it is God's master plan of the universe that Jews should do everything and 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 that the, the those that gather around should just be helpers? Uh, yeah, well, partly, but I think the process of doing that for those 10 that gather around sets them up for revelation, sets them up to hear from God directly that God's going to do something miraculous like he did for David when he gave him the insight that some of these uh, seven letters from Paul are connecting directly, uh, correspond to different books of the Old Testament. And he got that insight, you know, after, because uh, I, I, I know his story, he had relationship with, uh, uh, with Jewish people, respectful relationship. And he got that insight, boom. And, 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 and I got some insights along the way too. I think that that's the model. We don't have to worry exactly what we all have to do. But we just have to get in relationship and walk along and let God do what God does. Amen. Thank you, Linda. I would agree. It 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 is. It's just like him making this consortium tonight uh, of a of us for uh, speaking and talking. And I was real interested in hearing from David Pitcher. I've not met him before, um, and the things that he had to say. So I was kind of really excited about that. But. I will tell you this morning in prayer outside, as I was just, you know, praying about this tonight and my part or whatever I need to do, I got the word consortium and I was like, okay, what, what, what is that? And, and I mean, why are you telling me that God? And so I've been looking at it today. It means a partnership or an association with the objective of participating in a common activity or a co- achieving a common goal. And I, I, I think the common goal is God and his kingdom. I absolutely, it's about God and his kingdom, whether you want to call him Hashem, Elohim, Yehovah, all of whatever, is that we have a tied partnership of revelation that's come from God. And he needs to continue to connect us talking like this um, amongst us, um, maybe, you know, and another time, you know, three Jews and a Christian or something. I, I don't know, but there's something that God is doing even tonight by us uh, speaking for our, your, um, po- the podcast that yeah. is going on right now that you're hearing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. They're speaking in the present and, and for the future. Um, wow. Thank you all. Thank you for your insight. I, I feel bad that we're not going on and we could, and, and we will. Um, and I take all of these great, uh, thoughts. I'm so grateful that this hundredth episode I get to celebrate with friends and, and I, and I know this is inspiring to me and I'm so grateful for the three of you, um, for everyone who's listened. Uh, I, I guess I have something to say or really good guests 
and I'm I'm blessed and grateful. It's a lot more work doing a podcast than I imagined two years ago, but it's been one of the most fulfilling things, and especially so because I know people are listening, and that means a lot. So Linda, Bob, and Dave, thank you for joining us today, being part of this specific episode of Inspiration from Zion, but also for everything you're doing um, together with me, with Genesis 123 Foundation, and in the bigger picture, the consortium, uh, Building Bridges. Thank you all, and God bless. Thank you for the honor. God bless you, Jonathan. Yeah. Let me just wrap let me just wrap up as we always do. Um, uh, I, I feel like it, it used to be tongue in cheek. It's now there's no longer um, if you stayed with us this long, you deserve a reward. These kinds of conversations are a reward in themselves. But last year, uh, sometime in 2022, we began offering every single month a special gift. We call it from Jonathan's bookshelf. And all we ask that you do is follow and like inspiration from Zion. And when you comment or share uh, the link to this program, we pick one person at random to take a book from my bookshelf to go onto your bookshelf and try to make that something that's always interesting and inspiring. So I want to encourage you all to please like and follow and comment and share on these uh, on this episode specifically. We're always grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse for the last two years. In Culpeper, Virginia, if you're ever in the area, do stop in and tell them thank you for helping make conversations like this possible. And also special thanks to our friends, the Coin family, for their meaningful sponsorship as well. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider helping us to continue the dialogue and the other wonderful projects that we do by making a donation of your own. Um, every episode is in is dedicated in honor memory of some person or special event. Um, I have the prerogative as host sometimes of picking who that is. And today, if I had been a little bit more organized, I'd probably take the next three, four, five minutes to read the whole list of the last 99 episodes hosts. And while we've been repetitive and some have appeared more than once, uh, none of this would have happened without the great dialogue um, of everyone who's participated for the last 99 episodes, and Linda, Bob, and Dave today. Thank you for that. This is in your honor. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor memory of a loved one or a special occasion or the 101st episode, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We always love to hear your comments as part of an ongoing dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially about traditional Judaism uh, for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please do share this with uh, others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else, wherever you are in the world. I send my love and blessings to you and your loved ones from right here. Well, I'm actually recording today, not from the Judean mountains, but from Houston, Texas, but I'll be back in the original Lone Star stage shortly and I'm sending my blessings to you all. Thank you and God bless. Hallelujah, Alma Shaya.